0: Thank you for joining us for part two of Susan Shares interview with Joe Salgado and Blake Harvey of Red Team Consulting. And they're discussing preparing for the Polaris updated draft RFP, kicking off with discussing how a company knows when they're qualified to prime.
1: Yeah. So that one is, I mean, kind of what I was mentioning earlier about doing that gap analysis to look and see if there's a lot of glaring gaps, you know, like if you don't have, any projects above five million a year, um, you know, if you're if you're not able to hit, you know, a lot of the relevant experience areas or emerging technology areas, um, and if you just don't have high dollar value projects, you're most likely not not qualified to bid. If you look at Oasis and Alliant, the other GSA point uh, based solicitations that come to mind when you're looking at Polaris, I think the I think the point cutoff was around seventy five percent of the points. So you have to kind of keep that in mind. I mean, Polaris is really geared towards the 20 to $30 million a year company um, who has a lot of larger contracts and diverse work um, across different IT areas. So if if you're not that type of company, just, you know, just be honest with yourself and kind of move on to the next opportunity. It's always best to kind of make a no bid earlier and uh, focus your efforts on, on other procurements that you can win. Um, but keep Polaris in mind down the line. I mean, these, these big vehicles come around every five years. Um, and so just as you're growing your company, think about, okay, I know, you know, Alliant, um, you know, CSB4, Polaris, they all ask for these higher dollar value contracts. Like I need to focus on growing my company so that, you know, when this comes around next time I have that experience, um, to pursue these big vehicles.
0: That's a great point, and one more question that I have as a follow-on. So if you don't have enough diverse experiences or past performance across government in these different areas that Polaris is asking for, can you fill different gaps and go to different companies that might be priming to say, I could fill a gap here on quantum computing and I'd like to be a sub, or I can fill a gap here on AI or whatever those other areas are? Joe, what's your suggestion
2: there? I I would say that that, uh, to Blake's point, if if you're not hitting those numbers that you need to hit to the 75 percentile, um, then you might be a good teaming partner. But once again, you can only shop that teaming experience to a single prime Um, because that uh, that rule still applies even to the uh, subcontractors who aren't priming. An experience can only be used once, so it's you're going to want to find a very strong prime to go with um, as a team partner, um, and that's where uh, the calculus on this will be different. Right now, if people are thinking this is going to be CIOS before the sequel, it's not. Uh, CIOS before the ability to team and use multiple experiences was it's the wild, wild west as of right now. You could have a lot of. Uh, a, a smaller company to your point could bid on CIOS before if they team correctly
1: Susan real quick if I can add yeah, in yeah. Joe's yeah. answer um when when you're looking at you know as as a subcontractor approaching primes for players, um you want to make sure that there's value to you in doing that because um you know, post, you know, you always want to look at this vehicle pre-award versus post-award. So pre-award, it's always what does it take to get on the vehicle? How do I score high enough? How do I get on? Post-award, it's how do I win contracts? Like how do I actually make money <laughs> after all the effort I put in getting exactly. on the vehicle? And so if you are not scoring high enough and you can't prime Polaris on your own, I don't know if I would necessarily put in the time and effort to, to find companies to sub under. Because there is limitations on subcontracting in players, so the the prime has to do at least fifty percent of the work. Um, maybe if you do something special like quantum or something like that, you can argue for first right of refusal on task orders for that specific scope area or something. But otherwise, there's no real benefit to you because you can also team at the task order level. Oh. So let's say you're not even on the vehicle, um, you yeah. can you know if you have good relationships with the eventual primes on gsa players they will seek you out they will you know if you have something special <laughs> in like quantum for instance they will want to work with you on these task orders to win those task orders so that's something else i would kind of throw out there oh, that's an interesting
0: that. perspective because then you can shop it right If once people are awarded once companies are awarded polaris and you know that you're you have a specialty in quantum computing then you know, okay, there's 20 bitter, there's 20 award winners or however many, and I'll ask you guys that in a minute. But um, then you can say, okay, I can go to this, 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 and this. They could all say no. Or there could be three that say, oh yeah, we need a strong person to help us at the test order level.
2: Wow. That's exactly. A cool strategy. Yeah, it's, yeah, and also, it's allowed to be a subcontractor, but as uh, Blake has eloquently said, it's um, it, 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 it doesn't get you a dollar of revenue.
1: Uh, yep. And there's also a little clause in the RFP. I don't know if people saw it, but if you're a subcontractor on Polaris, you cannot market that vehicle on your website. And I know a lot of companies will market vehicles on their website if they're a sub, uh, saying they have access to it. Yep. Um, you're not allowed to do that for Polaris, which, um, I mean, that's just a little small thing, but just something.
0: To Interesting. Consider. So how many bidders do you think will be on this and how many awardees do you think
1: will be on it? Uh, so GSA intends to award about 100 to 160 per pool, and the way they define the pools is by HUBZone, zone, women-owned small business, and um, regular small business. So that's that's really the general ballpark there in terms of the number of bidders. Um, <laughs> over well over a thousand. I don't know if I'd you know probably over 5,000. I don't know what Joe. What do you think?
2: This will be, I'm expecting more, definitely over a thousand on the, the, the NITAC one, uh, but this one will probably be closer to a thousand rather than cresting uh, over it because there are, there are different thresholds to get in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's interesting. And then tell me a little bit more about how GSA, if you know, how GSA is going to advertise this particular IDIQ. Is it an IDIQ or GWAC?
2: It's a GWAC uh, multiple award contract. Yeah.
0: Okay, so how will they advertise this to their agency partners, to the DOD, to you know, whoever oh, else might uh, want to use okay. it
2: post
1: award? They will not advertise it. it. <laughs> I'm sorry. They will not <laughs> advertise it as the alliance to redo. Um, they've been very <laughs> clear about that. Um, I think they would advertise it as a way to um, increase equity and diversity in contracting because it is targeted towards women-owned small business and hub zone. And GSA already has their IT vehicles for 8As um, and Vets too for veteran-owned small businesses. So they'll they'll really market this as if you need IT services from a women-owned small business or a hub zone, Polaris is your vehicle.
0: Wow, this is great. Well, you guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. I can't wait for this. When do you think it's going to be um, the next phase of things? When do you think it will be released?
2: Well, there was a presentation probably around two or three weeks ago um, that uh, the, I believe they've stated an intent to not release this over the holidays. So that tells me January. Um, oh. So uh, for a final RFP, the, the next steps, as we mentioned yesterday, or uh, August 23rd, the um, they did put out a frequently asked questions where they talked about uh, general scope, uh, the pools, relevant experience, as well as um, teaming and CMMC. They've answered a few questions on that and on a broad scope. Uh, they stated that they got over 3000 questions on the original draft. So what they will probably be doing is releasing sections. As they've been updated, we expect to see a section L, a section M, as well as the scorecard to come out uh, very shortly is what I would uh, bet.
0: Excellent. And what we'll do is we'll get back together uh, so that we can um, dive right into those sections as soon as they're released. And we're really looking forward to doing that as well. So thank you guys so much. This was awesome. And uh, really looking forward to um, our next Opportunity to talk about those new sections released and strategies that Red Team um, has uh, for people to align themselves to be able to respond. Thank you for listening. For more podcasts by G2 Exchange Media, please visit www.fethealthit.com and look for the podcast section at the top of the page. Music by Jam Studio, courtesy of Shutterstock Incorporated.